times where drastic measures are required to take charge of a situation, to wake people up, uh, snap them out of the state that they're in. And to my opinion, tonight's one of those nights. You're probably going to hate me after tonight, but we'll see. We have before us an accumulating mass of hysteria in the body and outside of the body. Good, God-fearing believers are getting all ignited up over blood moons, end times, raptures, Rosh Hashanah, urgent anxiety over the second coming's imminent uh, uh, presence with us. Keep looking, it's here, it's now. Collectively, we're kind of like a hysterical woman or a very angry, angry man who's out of control and they can't be reached by any regular means and so we're forced to deliver a strong slap across the face and try to get them to wake up and stop before we can begin to reason with them. This is what we're going to attempt to do tonight. Deliver a slap across the collective face of those who are uh, all hyped up and hysterical. Uh, we've been talking about when the Bible says Jesus will return, uh, the second coming. Many are not hearing the points because they can't. Uh, they're too hysterical. And so they put their fingers in their ears and they say, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care what you say. Uh, I just don't believe it. He's coming back soon. Everything is lining up. That's the thing that they're, they're saying. And really when we do this, we're no different than any Latter-day Saint or Branch Davidian or Muslim who will believe in despite all the evidence that's presented to them. So we see what we want to see, we read what we want to read, and we interpret everything that comes before us through the lens of wanting something to be true. Uh, tonight's going to be an end time filibuster, sort of. You're going to, we're going to, it could be really boring to some of you, and it might be very interesting to others. It depends on what you're looking for. I'm going to take however long it takes tonight to show that we are doing now what has been going on for thousands and thousands of years by thousands, tens, and probably hundreds of thousands of people, more than hundreds. And the amount of time and monergy and, and, uh, that has been lost as a result of this topic uh, is astounding. It's just astounding how much time we have put 
toward this. We have a tendency to mock LDS history. I've done it for seven years. We go back into their history and we pull out everything that Brigham said or Orson Pratt or, or Lorenzo Snow and we just bring up their history. Maybe it's time we look at our own history because a lot of what I'm gonna talk about comes from our history. And it's the histories being made presently right now. So let's pray. Lord, we pray you'll be with us tonight as we present this information. We're doing it to get it in the can so that can be available in archives for people to look at who are wondering and can see, no matter how long it takes for us to be able to clearly see what the Bible says and what we've been trying to make clear over these past weeks. We're grateful for our volunteers, those who help in whatever way. Uh, to keep the ministry going. In Jesus' name, amen. Of all the items I'm about to read, only one of them is true. Only one of them has proven itself complete, true, fulfilled. Remember this. As I present tonight, try to make a mental note of the how coincidence of special circumstances is used by people to create fervor and predictions and environment. Also note the number of revisions many predictions and prophecies undergo once they have been proven faulty. Finally, take note that both humanist cults, Christian-based groups, Hindus, Catholics, uh, atheist groups, alien-believing groups, all sorts jump into this uh, idea and come up with predictions of when the end will be and run screaming to get everybody ready. I've garnered all this information from an amalgamation of websites dedicated to exposing the craziness. Some come, some are Christian, like I said, some uh, secular, some atheist, but all are come with citation if you're interested. Okay, going way, way back, 2800 BC, according to Isaac Asimov's book of Facts 1979, the Assyrian clay tablet of this date is unearthed bearing the words, this is, set, this is 2800 BC, our earth is degenerate in these latter days. There are signs that the world is speedily coming to the end. Bribery and corruption are common. This is one of the earliest examples of moral decay being perceived as the end of society, 2800 BC, okay? In 634 BC, apocalyptic thinking gripped many ancient cultures, including the Romans. Early in Rome's history, many feared that the city was gonna be destroyed. The 120th year of its founding, how did they come to that? There was a myth that 12 eagles had revealed to Romulus a mystical number representing the lifetime of Rome, and some early Romans hypothesized that each eagle represented 10 years. They multiplied the 12 eagles by the 10 years. They got 120 years. They said, that's how long Rome's gonna last. Let's make a religion out of it. 389 BC, some Roman figures figured that the mystical number revealed to Romulus represented another time, and so that was the time it was supposed to happen. First century. Jesus said, quote, Verily I say unto you, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That's in Matthew 16, 28. Jesus said it the first century. Jump out. 70 AD, the Essenes, a sect of Jewish ascetics, 
were full of apocalyptic beliefs, and they believed that the uh, destruction of Jerusalem was the end of the world in the end time battle. Second century, the Montanists believed that Christ would come again with their lifetimes and establish a new Jerusalem in Papuza in the land of Phrygia. Montanism was perhaps the first bona fide Christian doomsday cult. It was founded in 156 AD by tongue-speaking prophet Montanus and two followers, Priscilla and Maximilla. Okay, first doomsday cult. It's coming. That was in 2nd century. 247 AD, Rome celebrated its thousandth anniversary year. At the same time, the Roman government dramatically increased its persecution of Christians. And because of that, many Christians believe the end had arrived. 365, Hillary of Poitiers predicted the world would come. 380, the Donatists, a North African Christian sect headed by Tychonius, looked forward to the world ending in 380 AD. Late 4th century, St. Martin of Tours wrote, quote, There is no doubt that the Antichrist has already been born. Firmly established already in his early years, he will, after reaching maturity, achieve supreme power. <laughs> that was in the 4th century. Roman theologian Sextus Julius Africanus claimed that the end of the world would occur 6,000 years after the creation. He assumed that there were 5,531 years between the creation and the resurrection, and therefore he expected the second coming to take place no later than 500 A.D. Hippolytus believed Christ would return 6,000 years after the creation and anticipated that the parousa would be in 500 AD. Parousa is a word that means arrival or a visit has been made in Greek, and you'll hear it referred to tonight. The theologian Irenaeus, influenced by Hippolytus' writings, also saw 500 as the year of the second coming. April 6, 783, a Spanish monk Beatus of Libana prophesied the end of the world that the day in the presence of a crowd of people, he said, it's coming, it's here. The people thinking that the world would end that night became frightened, panicked, and fasted throughout the night until dawn. These are all historically documented events. Um, Sextus Julianus Africanus revisited his date of doomsday to 800 AD. Um, it's... It began way, way back when people would say it's going to happen. And then when it doesn't, they say, okay, we're going to revise it. You're going to hear a few names that keep coming up because they just keep revising. Harold Camping didn't begin it. We're going to get to him, but it just keeps happening. Uh, Libana wrote his commentary on the apocalypse, which he finished in 786, that there were only 14 years left till the end of the world, 806 uh, A.D., Bishop Gregory of Tours calculated the end between 799 and 806. 848, the prophet Theoda declared that the end of the world was that year. On March of nine, March 25th, 970, um, 
Apparently, some sign seeker said that the end on Friday, March 25th, 970, when the Annunciation and Good Friday fell on the same day. So now we're starting to see the looking at dates and putting it together and saying, okay, that is the sign, right? They believe that it was on this day that Adam was created, Isaac was sacrificed, the Red Sea was parted, Jesus was conceived, Jesus was crucified. Therefore, it naturally followed that the end must occur here. Here. These mad computations made so much sense to the people at the time, and we're going to see them happening today. You see them happening. Mad computations of exacting sciences that have no basis in reality. It's you can you can make numbers say anything. You can put enough dates together. You can align the stars and we can make anything make sense if we put enough work to it. And so that's what's happened. 992, uh, Bernard of Thurgia calculated that that's the end of the year. 995, the Feast of the Annunciation of Good Friday, coinciding again, said the end would be within three years of that date. Now we reach 1000 AD, three zeros. First time, we had a 2000 that's going to come up here, but 1000, there are many stories of apocalyptic paranoia around this year. For example, legend has it that a panic terror gripped Europe in the years and months before this date, but scholars disagree on the genuineness of the stories, so I'm not going to cover them. But let me give you some that occurred after. So I'm leaving 1,000 because I don't have any real good documented stuff, but they say there was a lot of uh, hysteria about him coming back on that in that year. 1033. Why do you suppose people would think he's coming back in 1033? Well, Jesus failed to return in 1000, and so the mystics pushed the date out to the uh, anniversary of his crucifixion, and they thought it would be 33 years uh, that he uh, that he lived on this earth, and so this uh, monk. Radufus Glaber described the rash of millennial paranoia uh, during that period of 1000 to 1033. There was all sorts of paranoia going on because of Jesus' life added to the millennial uh, uh, time of 1000. 1184, various Christian prophets foresaw the Antichrist coming then. September 23rd, 1186, John of Toledo, after calculating that a planetary alignment would occur in Libra on September 23rd, circulated a letter known as the Letter of Toledo, warning that the world was going to be destroyed on this date and only a few people would survive. Uh, there's, this is a, 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 an astrological tie-in, one of the first ones that we see, and we're going to see more and more of those as time goes on. In uh, 1260, Jumping way out to 1260, Italian mystic Joachim of Fiore determined that the millennium, uh, next week we're going to put the idea of millennium, we're going to explain millennium to you in very clear, basic terms and put it to bed when it comes to everyone says, well, what about the millennium? We'll cover that. Uh, th this guy said, uh, the Italian mystic, it would happen between 1200 and 1260. 1284, Pope Innocent said the second coming was going to take place then. Why? Because it was 666 years, the Pope figured, after Islam had started. 666 years had passed. That's the mark of the beast. Second coming's coming. The Pope uh, pushed it for that reason. 1290, uh, other followers of Joachim of Fiore, the Jacobites, uh, scheduled the end uh, at that time. 1306. 
Gerald of Polde, believing that Christ's millennium began when the Emperor Constantine came to power, figured that Satan would become unbound at the end of a thousand-year period and destroy the church. Since Constantine rose to power in 306, the end of the millennium would be, millennium would be 1306, and uh, therefore you add that together and you have his date for the end. Nothing happened. Uh, 1335, another Jokoite end. 1367, Czech Archdeacon claimed the Antichrist was alive and well and was going to manifest himself in 1363. 1370, the millennium would begin in 1368, according to Jacques de Day, a French ascetic. Um, 1378, another one. 14, February 14th, 1420, doomsday prophet Martina Hasek of the radical Taborite movement warned that the end of the world was going to be in February of 1420. Uh, and um, then in 1505, Italian artist Sandro Botticelli, you probably heard of his art, Botticelli, he wrote a caption in Greek on his painting, The Mystical Nativity. This is what Botticelli wrote, quote, on the back of his painting. I, Sandro, painted this picture at the end of the year 1500 in the troubles of Italy in the half time after the time, according to the 11th chapter of St. John in the second woe of the apocalypse in the loosing of the devil for three and a half years. Then he will be chained in the 12th chapter and we will see him trodden down as in scripture. So we have Botticelli, a great artist, citing revelation in the back of one of his artworks saying this is when it's going to happen. June 1523, uh, some astrologers predicted the end would occur by a flood starting in London on February 1st, 1524. About 20,000 people abandoned their homes and a clergyman stockpiled food and water in a fortress that he had built for the occasion. That was June 1523. Uh, as it happened, it didn't even rain on that date in London. Uh, 1524, uh, a planetary alignment in Pisces was was the sign of a millennial uh, of the millennium by an astrologer. The world was to be destroyed by a flood because Pisces is the sign of water. That's how far-fetched it gets. 1525, the beginning of the millennium, according to Anabaptists, I like the Anabaptist beliefs generally, Thomas Munster, he's like the, one of the founding guys, thinking that he was living in the end of all ages, quote, he led an unsuccessful peasant's revolt and was subsequently tortured and executed for doing it. He thought this was the end, we're gonna start a revolt. 1528, Stoffler recalculated his doomsday's predictions. 1528, reformer Hans Hutt predicted the end of the world uh, would coincide with the day of Pentecost. 1532, Frederick Nausea, what a name, a Viennese bishop, was certain that the world would end by 1532 after hearing reports of bizarre occurrences, including bloody crosses appearing in the sky alongside a comet. Seeing the signs, he came up with the date 1532. 1533, Anabaptist Melchor Hoffman's prediction of the second, uh, Christ's second coming to take place in Strasbourg. He claimed that 144,000 would be saved while the rest of the world was going to be consumed by fire. Uh, let me just stop for a second. What's been going on with all the people who have been listening to this this whole time? Have they been focusing on sharing Christ? Have they been focusing on let, let's be, love our neighbor, let's, let's share? And, and, and all of this 
simply because they want to believe that that Bible is talking about a future when we have plainly shown that the Bible shows or it's wrong that he said he's going to come back within that generation and he did. 1533, mathematician, the mathematicians are getting in the act now, calculated the day of judgment would begin at 8 p.m., 8 a.m. on that day. 1534, Jan Matthias predicted the apocalypse would take place on Easter Day. 1537, Pierre Turel announced four different possible dates for the end of the world based on his calculations. 1537, 1544, 1801 or 1814, another calculation by uh, Pierre Turel in 1544. Around the year 1400, the French theologian Pierre Dialli wrote that 6,845 years of human history had already passed and the end of the world would be in the 7,000th year. His works would later influence the apocalyptic thinking of Christopher Columbus. That year landed on 1555 when he predicted it would end. 1556, it was the end of the world on Magdalene's Day, didn't happen. 1583, the second coming of Christ would take place at noon, according to astrologer Richard Harvey. This was the date in conjunction with Jupiter and Saturn, and numerous astrologers in London predicted the end of the world that day as well. Seeing signs in the stars, looking and taking and doing these things. Uh, Cy Cyprian Leowitz, an astrologer, predicted 18, uh, 1584, 1588, the end of the world by Mueller. 1600, Martin Luther believed that the end would occur no later than 1600. That was Martin Luther. Now, at least he wasn't so bold to, bold to give a specific date. Luther presents us, me in particular, with a problem for me when I'm doing this. He was a scriptural genius by comparison. Why would I see something Luther didn't? Why would a jackass like me see something that Luther didn't? It's more than a fair question. He was intelligent. He knows scripture far better than me or other people who think like me. We might, however, also ask why the man Luther who saw grace so clearly through the Catholic uh, background that he had, he believed babies still needed to be baptized and his writings were so ardently anti-Semitic that Hitler used them in his anti-Semitism in, uh, in the Third Reich. Now, I love Luther. I love what he did, but he's a man. And he had opinions, like Brigham Young is a man and had opinions. And we castigate the Mormons for what Brigham Young said, which are so many ridiculous things. Luther was no different. Let's be fair. And he said no later than 1600. We get all over Smith when we say he predicted that it, was gonna, that it should wrap it up by this time. And Luther did the same thing. When are we going to be fair? 1603, Dominican monk Tomasio Campanella said the sun was going to collide with the, with the earth in that year. 1623, they used numerology to pin that year. Uh, 1624, more astrology. 1648, the Kabbalah came in. This is Jewish mathematicians and astrologists and stuff. The guy's name was Sabati Zevi, and he said that uh, the Messiah was going to come in 1648, accompanied by miracles. The Messiah, of course, according to Levi, was himself, or Zevi. He said he was the Messiah at that time. 15, uh, 1654, um, prediction that the world was going to go in a blaze of fire. 1656, 1656 being the number of years between the creation and the flood. They used that as the sign that the end was going to come because of that. 
1657, final apocalyptic battle and the destruction of the Antichrist were to take place between 1655 and 1657 as per a group called the Fifth Monarchy Men, a radical group of uh, English uh, millenarians who attempted to take over Parliament to expose their extremist theocratic agenda on the country. So in this year, we have guys, sound familiar? <laughs> Tea Party, does it sound familiar? I mean, we have these guys who are saying, we are, we are right, we are gonna come and we're gonna take over Parliament. We want this country to follow in with our thinking of what the end's gonna be. Same stuff, that was 1657. This is just recycled stuff, you guys. Uh, 1658, in his book of prophecies, Christopher Columbus claimed that the world was created in 5343 BC and would last 7,000 years. Assuming no year zero, that means the end would come in 1658. Columbus was influenced by that other guy, Pierre Dialli, as we said. 1660, uh, Writings that influenced James Usher and Isaac Newton claim that the Antichrist appeared way back in 456 and the end would come in 1606. 1666, big day. Why do you think? Ah, because we have a thousand years and then we have the mark of the beast. A thousand plus the 666. And so what happened was there was a period of war and strife in England that made the people in London say, wow, in England, the British Isles say it's coming. So many, many Londoners believe that 1666 was going to be the end of the world. There was a great fire in London in 1666, which didn't help matters. And it caused so many people to see that that was proof drop dead proof the end was there the fire there was great turmoil in london the millennial year of a thousand plus 666 the number of the beast put it all together 1666 was going to be the year fizzled like a sparkler in water uh that zavetti guy sabatai zavetti he recalculated the messiah was going to come in 1666 too he stirred up trouble and when they caught him he had a choice you can either convert to islam Sveti, or you can be executed pragmatic as he was he converted to islam uh, in 1673 deacon william aspinwall a leader of the fifth monarchy movement claimed the millennium would occur in 1688 john nepier's doomsday calculation based on the book of revelation he used mathematic algorithms to predict when it would come and he was certain it was then pierre Giroux, a camisard prophet predicted the day would be 1689 1694 anglican rector john mason calculated the state beginning the millennium so did german theologian johann alsted it's coming then fall of 1694 drawing from theology and astrology german prophet johann jacob zimmerman determined that the world would end in the fall of 1694 zimmerman gathered a group of pilgrims and made plans to go to america to welcome jesus back Back to the earth. However, he died in February of that day of that year on the very day of their departure. So Johannes Kelpius took over the leadership of the cult, which was known, the cult was called Women in the Wilderness cult, and they completed their journey to the new world. Fall came and went. Needless to say, the cult was really disappointed when Jesus didn't show in that year. 1697, the beginning of the millennium, according to Anglican rector uh, Thomas Beverly. 
Additionally, the notorious witch hunter Cotton Mather predicted the end of the world in 1697 as well. Uh, after the prediction failed, he revised his end of the world prediction two more times. Thank you, Cotton Mather. Uh, the end of the world, according to some Puritans, 1700. Napier gives us another one based on the book of Daniel. And the date of the second coming, according to Henry Archer of the Fifth Monarchy Men, Archer made his prediction in a book, 1642, The Personal Reign of Christ Upon the Earth. Now, this is the first time in all this stuff that we see someone who's written a book. The date is uh, 1642. Uh, it's the first time that books are starting to get sold in connection to the second coming. So many are going to follow. So it's 1642, the book's written. Just start to listen as we get closer and closer in our day when, when the printing press, you know, is proliferated and we got all these people and everything else. Books, you're going to start hearing according to their book, according to their book. We'll get to Hal Lindsey. We'll get to all of this according to their book, right? 1705, another one, 1716, Cotton Mather, second one, 1719, return of a, uh, of a comet was going to wipe the earth out, according to a mathematically inclined family, 1734, doomsday again, 1736, Cotton Mather gives us a third prediction. October 13th, 1736, William Whitson predicted London would meet its doom by flood on this day, promoting many Londoners to gather in boats on the Thames. <laughs> in 1757, and we're starting to laugh. There's people who are starting in here that are kind of chuckling because it gets ridiculous, doesn't it? Okay, and then 1757 in a vision, Angel supposedly informed mystic Emanuel Swedenborg, he influenced Joseph Smith, in my opinion, that the world would end in 1757. No one took him seriously. In uh, 1761, religious extremist William Bell claimed the world would be destroyed by earthquake on this day since there had been an earthquake on February 8th and another on March 8th. He reasoned that the world must end another 28 days time. Again, Londoner ga Londoners gathered in boats on the Thames or they headed for the hills. When his prediction didn't come true, he was promptly thrown into Bedlam, London's notorious nuthouse. Uh, February 28th, 1763, devout Methodist George Bell foresaw the end of the world on this date. Uh, 1780, on this day in New England, the skies turned mysteriously black. For several hours in the afternoon, causing people to believe that a biblical prophecy had come true and Judgment Day had arrived. In reality, the darkness was caused by smoke from a large-scale forest fire in the West. We see signs where we want to see them. We pull things out when we want to see them, and we make them come true, irrespective of what the Bible says. Okay? 1789, 1790, 1792, the Shakers, uh, the, the, now we're starting to get into Joseph Smith's area. Uh, the Shakers are talking about the end of the times. We're talking about the burned over district now. We're talking about religion in America now. 1794, Charles Wesley, brother of Methodist uh, church founder John Wesley, predicted doomsday would be 1794. 1795, the millennium would begin between 1793 and 1795, claim retired English sailor Richard Brothers, who calls himself God's almighty nephew. That's quite a title, God's almighty nephew. And he was convinced that he would lead the 10 lost tribes and once said that God told him he would become the king of England. He was eventually also committed to an insane asylum. And so we can see here that um, 
the, the burned over district, the 10 lost tribes, Jerusalem, second coming, all of this was culminating around the East Coast and the burned over district, we'll see. Uh, while campaigning for his brother's release, his brother said that Indians come uh, on the 19th, 1801, another doomsday, 1805, destruction of the world by earthquake in 1805, followed by an age of everlasting peace when God will be known by all as foretold by 17th century Presbyterian minister Christopher Love. He eventually had his head removed for this. Uh, 1814, another one. December 25th, 1814, Jesus was to be reborn on Christmas Day, according to 64-year-old virgin prophet Johanna Southcott, who claimed to be pregnant with the Christ child. Witnesses claim she did, endear, she did indeed appear pregnant. She died on Christmas Day, and autopsies proved she wasn't pregnant after all. Someone followed Southcott in 1820 and claimed the world was coming to an end at that time. After this prophecy failed, John Rowe took over the leadership of the cult. Now, I want to point out around this time there was religious heightened millennialist and second coming fervor culminating in and around the eastern U.S. Like I said, the Shakers and many other movements in and around the area contributed to it. It was under this umbrella of this urgent millennium second coming umbrella that Mormonism was born. Mormonism started off as a millennialist cult. They were preparing the earth for Christ's reign and they were establishing his kingdom and the kingdom here exists in Utah now. It's gone forward, spreading. They're, they're establishing his kingdom for him to come and return and take his throne and reign over it. It all started here. But the thing about the LDS is they're pretty savvy. When they saw that focusing on the millennium and it not happening didn't work, they just turned to, hey, we're not going to even predict it. We're going to, and there's been a few little predictions that have come out from them, but they've just been like, nah, we're not going to try to predict it. We're just going to keep going and not worry about it. Smart business move, really. Uh, 1832, the beginning of the millennium, according to John Dilks. 1835, Joseph Smith foresaw the second coming taking place in 56 years time or about 1891. Uh, that is a, um, just a, he gave a general thing. I think it should wrap up about, and that's what he said. 1836, Methodist church founder John Wesley foresaw the millennium beginning in 1836, the same year that the beast of revelation was to rise from the sea. Another one in 1843, another in 1843, April, although the state is not officially endorsed by the Millerite leadership, it was a popular belief along, among William Miller's followers that the second coming would take place on this day, April 28, 1843. December 31st, same year, many Millerites expected Jesus to return to the end of that year. March 21st, 1844, William Miller, leader of the so-called Millerite movement and former Baptist minister, predicted through careful calculation that Christ will be turned sometime between March 21st, 1843 and March 21st, 1844. He gathered a following of, a thousand, of thousands of devotees. After the failure of Jesus showing up in this window, the cult experienced a crisis of faith and in the confusion began reinterpreting the prophecy and aggressively proselytizing based off the new one. October 22, 1844, uh, Samuel Snow, an influential Millerite, predicted the second coming on this date. 
The date was accepted by the leader, Miller himself. And so on that day, October 22nd, 1844, the Millerites gathered on a hilltop and they waited for the second coming of Jesus. After the inevitable no-show, the event became known as the Great Disappointment. 1845, the second coming, according to Second Adventists, a group that formed the remaining hardcore member of Miller's cult. They said, and these are the forerunners of the Second Day Adventists, uh, Miller, Millerites, failures, Second Day Adventists. Two more, 1846, 1847, 1847, George Rapp, a German ascetic who founded a sect known as the Harmonists, uh, the Rappites, established a utopian community in Economy, Pennsylvania, and was convinced that Jesus would, Jesus would return before his death. Even on his deathbed, he refused to give up hope for Christ's return, saying, quote, If I did not know that the dear Lord meant I should present you all to him, I should think my last moment has come. Well, his last moment came. He died. And it turned out that his last moment, Jesus did not show up. Another second coming to the second Adventists in 1849-1851. You guessed it. Another second coming according to the second Adventists. And then in 1856, the Crimean War was seen by some as the Battle of Armageddon. After all, Russia had plans to wrest control from Palestine from the Ottoman Empire, and maybe this was the war that triggered the popularity of Russia invades Israel scenario, so popular among prophecy teachers today. Or maybe it's just that Magog sounds Russian. It just keeps it just keeps going. 1862, the end of 6,000 years since creation. That's the end of the world, according to John Cumming of National Scottish Church. Uh, Southcote follower John Rowe, who in 1823 tried to walk on water but failed, and then w underwent a public circumcision, <laughs> uh, he calculated that the millennium would be in 1863. This was a guy, I mean, you'd have to love him. He certainly believed. I mean, he really believed so much he tried to walk on water. He has several times predicted the date of the second coming, and he publicly had himself circumcised. <laughs> That's devotion. I'm sure when he meets Jesus, Jesus is going to hug him and say, gosh, I loved your heart for me, you know? You're crazy, but I loved your heart. You know? <laughs> uh, 1867, Anglican minister... Uh, says that's the date, 1868, we introduced to a guy named Michael Baxter. This guy is going to give us a ton of them. 1869, another one. 1870, the end of the world, per Irvin Moore's book, The Final Destiny of Man. It's to be followed by Christ's millennial reign. He predicted that during this year, France would fall, Jerusalem would become the capital of the world. Baxter gives us another one in 1872, 1874, the end of the world, according to the Jehovah's Witnesses. They enter the ring. This was to become the first in a long string of failed doomsday prophecies by members of this group. So many, it's comical. I mean, it's, I mean for uh, I don't know how many years, he was coming all the time, and they always were able to back it up. 
The Peralza 1874, new Seventh-day Adventists formed by the Millerites are starting to predict now. 1878, another one by the Jehovah's Witnesses. 1880, Thomas Rollins Burks in, in his book, First Elements of Sacred Prophecy, determined that the end of the world would be 1880 by employing the time-honored Great Week Theory. 1881, another end of the world by the Jehovah's Witnesses, the end of the world by some pyramidologists. This is the first time we hear this. They started to get over into Egypt and measure the pyramids, do mathematical calculations with the pyramids, and decide we can figure it out from there. 16th century prophetess Mother Shipton said to have written a couplet. This is important. Listen, she, this woman, Mother Shipton, is said to have written this. The world will end, the world to an end shall come in 1881. Their prophetess supposedly wrote that. In 1873, it was revealed that this was a forgery by one of her followers. He inserted this couplet into her writings, okay? Uh, uh, but this is important. The discovery, the couplet, even though proven a fraud, did not stop her believers and followers from thinking that it was going to come at that time. So even when it was discovered that those, that little couplet was stuck into her writings by a fraudulent person, the group's mindset was so much that that was going to come then they couldn't let go of it. It's telling us something about our human nature. We don't want to go by our human nature. We want to go by our spiritual nature and the Word of God. Human nature, we, our flesh can do a lot of stuff, obviously. 1890, a Paiute Indian, Wovoka, he got into the act. He said that he came into a trance. He saw a solar eclipse. And in 1889, that was going to be the end of it. Uh, this, he was kind of a bizarre hybrid of... Uh, apocalyptic Christianity and American Indian mysticism. It is thought that uh, Wawanka was the inspiration for the Willy Wonka character. Now, I'm just kidding about that. I'm just seeing if you're awake. Uh, but, <laughs> but I know you got to stay awake at this, right? I know I'm probably bothering you. You want me to stop. I want it to stop. I can't stop. We have to cover this because this is our history. This is part of our history, you guys. Okay, and so we wonder why when we have people standing on the street corners, the end is near while the secularists and the humanists and the atheists just laugh. Now, we can say, well, they, they were told they were going to be laughed at. God says we'll be mocked for not believing it. That was all fulfilled, and we have shown that. We're going to continue to in the next few weeks, and then we'll be done with this. But by golly, let's read what the Word says, and let's take it reasonably. I think there, they, there's merit for people laughing at us. It's not like we've never said he's not coming. It's not, it's not like we've ever, uh, we've sat back and waited patiently. No, we haven't. We have given predictions and prophecies and we've put billboards up. And so we are mocked over our own tomfoolery. This is not being mocked for God. God did not give, give us any of this. Not one thing I have read is true except one so far. Michael Baxter makes another return with his book. The end of the age is about the end of the century. <laughs> the rapture is going to take place in 1896. 1899, Charles A. Totten predicted that 1899 was the possible date. Interestingly, the infamous NASA discovers missing day urban legend. NASA did not discover a missing day. Has its root in Totten's writings. Uh, eight, uh, 1900, 1900, 1900, over a hundred members of the Russian cult, brothers and sisters of the Red Death, 
committed suicide, expecting the end of the world on this day. This might be a precursor to the mass end of the world suicides that would follow. And there have been many. 1901, a sect calling itself the Catholic Apostolic Church claimed that Jesus would return by the time the last of its 12 founding members died. The last member died in 1901. Uh, April 23rd, 1908, once again, Baxter, Michael Baxter, in his next book, Future Wonders of Prophecy, the rapture was going to take place on March 12, 1903, between 2 and 3 p.m. And Armageddon was going to take place on this day, which is after the tribulation. A Pennsylvania grocery clerk in 1908 said it was going to end. 1910, the end of the world according to Jehovah's Witnesses again. May 18, 1910, many people believe that the arrival of Halley's Comet, signs in the sky, would spell the end of the world. Some thought cyanide gas was going to come from the comet's tail and poison the Earth's atmosphere. And in Germany, they, would buy, they were selling postcards depicting the apocalyptic scenes bearing the caption, End of the World on May 18th. Con artists took advantage of this and these people swelling fears and they sold comet pills to make people immune to the toxins, or so they claimed. After so many fails, it seems natural that cons are going to start selling products relative to the end of the world hype. I'm thinking of selling special hearing aids to people now so they can hear the first Trump. You can think I'm going to get struck by, <laughs> by lightning. I'm not going to be struck by lightning because we, are, we have taken the Bible and we have misused it. And, and so I'm, I, you know, <laughs> sorry, uh, 1811, Scottish astronomer and pyramidologist Piazza Smith concluded from his research that on the dimensions of the Great Pyramid of Giza, that the second coming was going to come between 1892 and 1811. <sighs> October 1st, 1914, the end of the world, according to the Jehovah's Witnesses. In fact, they viewed World War I as the Battle of Armageddon. 1950, more. 1918, more. 1919, according to meteorologist Alberta Portia, a conjunction of six planets on this date would cause a magnetic current to pierce the sun, cause great explosions of flaming gas, and eventually engulf the earth, end quote. Panic erupted in many countries around the world because of this prediction, and even some committed suicide, probably out of fear. 1825, Jehovah's Witnesses added again. These damn it, Jehovah's Witnesses, they stick their foot in it, don't they? Uh, February 1825, Margaret Rowan, the angel Gabriel, appeared before her in vision and told her the world was going to end at midnight on this date, which happened to be Friday the 13th. Thank you, my friend. Spring uh, 1828, another one into the world would take place. Sorry, we're going to do that one quickly. I'm going to move a little bit faster. 1834, final apocalyptic battle. 1835, another, the world's going to go up in a puff of smoke. 1836, for those of you who now are starting, some of you have been born at this time. Herbert W. Armstrong, founder of the Worldwide Church of God, told members of his church that the rapture was to take place in 1836 and that only they would be saved. After the prophecy failed, he changed the date three more times. 1838, Gus McKee claimed in a pamphlet that the 6,000th year since the creation would come between 1831 and 1838, signifying the end of the world. Jehovah's Witnesses again in that year. Uh, another one, Herbert W. Armstrong's rapture prediction number two in 1843. 19, 19, 19, 
1943. 19, I say. I'm starting to get delirious. Uh, 1945, uh, a minister named Long in 1838 had a vision of a mysterious handwriting, the number 1945, and a voice saying the world would be destroyed at 5.33 p.m. on September 21st. Naturally, the prophecy failed. 1947, another one. 1950, end of the world, Henry Adams. 1952. In 1950, a young Billy Graham stated, quote, we may have another year, maybe two years, then I believe it's going to be over. That was 64 years ago. Billy Graham, smart man. Billy Graham done great things for the Lord. Billy Graham knows the scripture far better than I ever would. Why believe me? Well, for statements like that to begin with, I mean, how could you say that? As a man of a responsible, how could you say? He never turned from it. January 1953, End of the World, by a cult, Sons of Light, Pyramidologist, 1953, David Davidson in his book, The Great Pyramid, its divine message, said it would occur in that month. 1954, the world was to be destroyed by terrible flooding on the state, claimed Dorothy Martin, leader of the UFO cult. Now we're getting into UFOs, which is so popular today. Started, I mean, the first one I'm reading about is 1954. The Brotherhood of the Seven Rays is what they were called. Among the members of this cult were George Hunt Williamson and Charles Loghead. <laughs> Charles Loghead helped find found this. Uh, this is one of the first um, tie-in to aliens and the end of the world. Uh, 1957, Milhan Ask, a pastor in California, said, Sometime between April 16th and 23rd, 1857, Armageddon will sweep the world! Exclamation point. Millions of persons will perish in its flames, and land will be scorched. Um, in his book, Opening of the Seven Seals and a Half Hour of Silence, 1858, David Latimer predicted the end. 1859, founder of the Davidians, which would later become the Branch Davidians, an offshoot of Seventh-day Adventists, prophesied the end of the world would be coming soon. He never set the date. After his death, his widow Florence uh, prophesied the rapture would take place on April 22nd, uh, 5, 8, 1959. Hundreds of faithful gathered on Mount Carmel outside Waco, Texas for the big moment that was not to be. Uh, same Waco, same roots, and we see the results later on. 1960, pyramidologist Charlie P. S. Smith claimed that the uh, millennium would be lo no later than 1960. Now, I want to pause at this point. That was 1960. The next one will be 1962. I want to say something. I thank God in heaven, our Lord and King, that these prophecies up to this point have all failed. Why? I was born in 1961. And because they all came before I was born, had any of them except the one that is true uh, occurred, I would never have been born. I never would have experienced life. I never would have found my wife. We never would have had our, our children. I never would have had my grandchildren who I love. None of this would have happened. It would have been the end according to the way the, the zealous uh, end of the world is picture it. And nothing else would go on. There's not going to be marriage in heaven or giving, bearing children in heaven. And so my three daughters wouldn't exist and neither would Laser or Samson. 
So what is the thinking that's in Christians' minds that just wait and pray and hope that Jesus comes tomorrow to wipe this place out? I want to understand that for all the people who don't know him yet. I want to understand the Christian heart that desires for this to fall upon us so that we can be taken up and saved and the rest of the world can burn. What is the spirit behind that? I don't get it. I see God falling on Jerusalem. They had the prophecies. They knew the Messiah and they rejected and killed him. I get that. But I don't get the idea that we are longing for this to end when there's so much beautiful things that continue to happen. February 1962, planetary alignment on this day was going to bring destruction to the world. Incidentally, the Antichrist was supposed to have been born the following day, according to pop psychic astrologer Jean Dixon. Remember that name? We're going to hear more from her. Between 1965-1966, the nation of Islam joined in the fervor as an apocalyptic battle was supposed to occur, resulting in the fall of the United States. So now we can see that apocalyptic uh, desires are going to fall on specific nations depending on who's making the prediction. <laughs> it all becomes very subjectively applied. Sun Young Moon, 1967, the establishment of the Kingdom of Heaven occurred then. Founder of the Moonies. Young Jim Jones, founder of uh, Jonestown, where they committed mass suicide, 300 plus died. 1967, former Christian pastor, became a guru of the People's Temple, and he had visions of nuclear holocaust happening all over the place all the time and kept his people on the edge of their seat with warnings. It's going to come. It's going to come. He mind messed with him so much that he, uh, he was able to have them kill themselves in the end. 1967, another one, nuclear attack was predicted. December 67, Danish cult leader uh, predicted a being named Orthon was speaking to him. 69, second coming of Christ uh, from George Williams, a leader of the Morrisites, a 19th century branch of Mormonism. So they branch off of Mormonism, they're saying it. On November 22nd, 1969, the day of judgment, according to Robin McPherson, who supposedly channeled an alien named Oxo. I used to date some girls like that. <laughs> 1972, <laughs> Herbert W. Not so much laughter there, ladies. Uh, Herbert W. Armstrong's third prediction. 73, David Berg, AKA, AKA Moses David, guru of the children of God. You know who's from the children of God movement? The actor um, River Phoenix and his Joaquin Phoenix. Their parents were part of David uh, Berg's cult. And, uh, and he predicted uh, in his publication, The End Time News, keeping people always on the edge, the United States to be destroyed by the comet Kohoutuk. Uh Didn't happen. David Berg also uh, said it was going to happen later. 1975, Jehovah's Witnesses again. Herbert W. Armstrong's fourth prediction. 1975, rapture per end time preacher Charles Taylor. Listen, Charles Taylor, this is the beginning of a long list of failed predictions. Charles Taylor, Charles Taylor, 76 again. John Rowe, 77. Fundamentalist cult leader William Branahan predicted the rapture would take place no later than 1977. Just before this, Los Angeles was to fall into the sea after an earthquake. The Vatican would achieve dictatorial powers in the world, and all of Christianity would become unified. That was 1977. 
Pyramidologist Adam Rutherford expected the millennium in 77. In his book, The Doomsday Globe, John Strong drew on scriptures, pyramidology, pole shift theory, young earth creationism, and other mysticism to conclude the doomsday would be in 1978. Sometime in the 80s, Armageddon would start, according to a book written by Stephen Swillhart, uh, Charles Taylor's third prediction. Radio preacher William Day Smith predicted it in 80, 80, uh, Leland Jensen, founder of the Baha'is. Now the Baha'is have gotten into the game and they are predicting nuclear holocaust would cause the third, third of the world's population to uh, die. Uh, 1980, the establishment of the kingdom of heaven by Reverend Sun Young Moon, Charles Ta uh, Taylor's fourth prediction, Pastor Chuck Smith. This is uh, 1981, thank you. Founder of Calvary Chapel, who I was trained under, wrote in his book, Future Survival, quote, I'm convinced that the Lord is coming for his church before the end of 1981. Smith arrived at his calculation by adding 40, that's a biblical generation, to 1948, the year of Israel's statehood, and subtracting seven for the tribulation, when 1981 passed by, the group members experienced a mini version of a great disappointment that they had in 1844. Calvary chapels, if they're founded on anything, it's the propagation of being ready for the second coming, second coming, don't take the chip, don't get, get ready, get your house in order, all this stuff, all the focus, they've been doing it, and Calvary chapels are wonderful churches. They preach, they teach the word, and I, I like what they do. I came from them. But this, this is just showing. This is 81, 91, 01, 11. We're 30 some odd years later. You know, we've had kids born and raised to their 30s now who were uh, taught this. Reverend Bill Maupin of, uh, small of Tucson, Arizona, in a sect named the Lighthouse Track Foundation. They called it Rapture Day. Um, Charles Taylor, 1982, another one. I'm going to jump ahead, you guys, to William Crane, British artist, June of 18, 1982. Uh, he founded the Terra Center. He took out ads in the Los Angeles Times proclaiming, The Christ is now here, referring to the coming of a Mayatra within two months. He's supposed to receive messages from this Mayatra through channeling. Now we have New Age uh, movements getting in with this with UFOs and channeling and all the other stuff. So they've jumped in with the Christian band in the fall of 1982. In the late 1970s, Pat Robertson predicted the end of the world would occur in the fall of 1982. Quote, I guarantee you by the end of 1982, there is going to be judgment on the world, he said in a broadcast from the 700 Club. 1983, apocalyptic war was supposed to break out. Charles Taylor's sixth prediction. Jehovah's Witnesses give us another one in 84. 85, Lester Summerall, famous Christian. I predict in his book, said it was going to happen in 85. Charles Taylor's seventh. The Socialist National Aryan People's Party. That's skinheads. These are Aryans. They got into it and they said Jesus is going to return in 1985. They gave another prediction when the Rodney King trials were going on. And they said that was the beginning of the end of the world. The dang skinheads, are get, Aryan white supremacists, are getting in the game at this point. Vern Grimsley of the Doomsday Cult Foundation of God said in 85 it would happen. 
more by Charles Taylor in 86, more in 87. The Harmonic Convergence, a New Age author, Jose Argrilles, claimed that Armageddon would take place unless 144,000 people gathered in certain places in the world to resonate to harmony. Now that's a twist, isn't it? He says the world will end unless we do this. That's a new twist, I have to admit. You know, that's pretty cool. All right, 1988, Hal Lindsey, bestseller, The Late Great Planet. Earth. Older Christians in this audience, they're repeating it. They know it. 1988 suggested that the rapture would take place that year, reasoning that it was 40 years of biblical generation after Israel regained statehood. Nothing happened. Charles Taylor's 10th Canadian prophet Doug Clark said it would happen in his book, Final Shockwaves to Armageddon in 1988. The rapture, according to TV prophet J.R. Church in his book, Hidden Prophecies in the Psalms, he used a bizarre theory that each of the Psalms referred to, referred to a year in the 20th century. Colin Deal wrote a book called Christ Returns by 1988, 101 Reasons Why. <laughs> I can give you one reason why not. Uh, Edgar Weisenhut wrote his best-selling book, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988, because of Rosh Hashanah. There's this tie-in today. We're hearing a lot about Rosh Hashanah. This is going to play in. First Trump and all these other things. Look for it. Be ready. You know, I can't wait for this world to end. Don't, don't see it. Charles Taylor, another one in 1988. And uh, I'm trying to get to the big ones here. You guys, can you move with me? Just say yes or no. Give it a shot. All right. Uh, Rosh Hashanah again in 1989. Hart Armstrong, president of Christian Communications of Wichita, repeatedly suggested that the Feast of Trumpets 1989 would be the date of the rapture. 1990, Baptist preacher Peter Ruckman predicted the rapture would come around the year of 1990. Singaporean prophecy writer La Lok Chan foresaw Christ Jesus returning sometime between 1986 and 1990. Armageddon would take place between those years. The Jupiter effect, something was going to uh, add to it. 1990, Elizabeth Clare, uh, prophet leader and church of the universal and triumphant, saw, foresaw nuclear devastation and the end of most of the human race on this day. And she convinced her, pro her followers to sell their property and move with her to a ranch in Montana. Another one in 1991, Louis Farrakhan. You heard of him? He declared that the Gulf War would be the War of Armageddon, which is the final war. Now we've got Louis Farrakhan giving stuff. And then we've got the Australian cult, the second coming at 9 a.m. on this day. And they said that Jesus is going to come through the Sydney Harbor. <laughs> Charles Taylor's 12th prediction in 1992. Uh, Trinity Broadcasting Network nutcase Doug Clark on Praise the Lord said that World War III would begin in three years. That means with, by 1995. Sorry, Doug Clark. The L.A. riots broke out. I mentioned that one with the crazy Aryans. Uh, Dorothy Miller in her book, Watch and Be Ready, 1992, Millions Will Disappear, predicted the last trumpet would sound on Rosh Hashanah, heralding the second coming. 
Do you remember that dude who used to show up at NFL football games and hold the sign, John 316? He wore the, he, he, he was, he was uh, very popular. His name is Rockin' Rollin' Stewart, a born-again Christian who thought the rapture would take place on April of 1990, no, uh, November of 1992. He went insane. He set off stink bombs in churches and bookstores and wrote apocalyptic letters in a mission to make people get right with job uh, God. He is now serving a life sentence for kidnapping. <laughs> so there's a little update on <laughs> Rock and Rollin' Stewart. Uh, not funny, I guess, but kind of sad, actually. Uh, another one, October 1992, Korea. David Berg again from the Children of God pops up with another one in 93. Uh, another one in 93. James Harmon added 51.57 years to May 15, 1949, the day that the UN recognized Israel, subtracted seven to arrive at the date of the rapture, which was approximately December 9, 1993. R.M. Riley, in his book, The Year of Destiny, wrote that 1994 would be the date. Jumping on down to July 25th of 1994, Sister Marie Gabrielle Paprovsky announced that to the world that her prophecy that a comet would hit Jupiter on or before July 25th would cause the busy, biggest cosmic explosion in the history of mankind and bring an end to the world. Indeed, a comet did hit Jupiter on July 16th, 1994. She said the 25th on or before on the 16th, a Jupiter uh, did hit Jupiter, um, a comet. But it's important to note that her announcement was made two months after astronomer Brian Marsden discovered that comet Shoemaker-Levy 9 would hit Jupiter itself. So she took a previous prediction by a scientist, incorporated it into her end time, and built it into her prophecy. 1994, Reginald Dunlop claimed that this was the last date encoded in the Great Pyramid of Giza, meaning the world would not last beyond this date. Now, we had something similar to that recently with the Mayan thing. Remember the Mayan? calendar the Mayan calendar ends this is the same thing they did back in 94 Reginald Dunlop said this is the last date recorded on the Great Pyramid of Giza it's gonna happen didn't happen Harold Camping head of Oklahoma's family radio that's another thing and host of the station's biblical discussion talk show open forum predicted the end in his book 1994 he calculated that the tribulation would end on September 6 following the last day and the second coming of Christ between September 15th and the 27th didn't work out. He came up with another one in, in uh, September, came out with another one in October of that year. And then in March of 1995, almost a year later, Harold Camping's doomsday prediction number four, he gave up setting dates afterwards until we come to 2011. You remember Harold Camping a couple years ago was the guy who put billboards up and said, this is it. I tell you, this is it. Well, that was Harold Camping was doing it back in 94. He popped back up again in 2011, put the billboards up. Everybody was looking at it and it embarrassed us again. Embarrassed the, the you know, and I'm sure Harold Camping is a good Christian who loves the Lord and lives a Christian life. Merrill Mary Stewart Ralphie claimed that God communicated with her in dreams, predicted the second coming in 1997, right after the Battle of Armageddon. America will burn and be totally destroyed in 93 or 94, she claimed. At this point, we start to see comics getting into the act. 
1994, the end of the world, according to the calculations of Super Dave the Wonder Chemist. So pretty soon we're going to start seeing these comet groups getting in. I'm going to try to avoid those because I know we've gone long. In March 26 of 1997, Heaven's Gate, commit, a bunch of people committed suicide in San Diego, California. The suicides occurred between March 24th and March 26th during a window of time that the cultists believed that the Hale-Bopp comet in the trailings would pick up their souls and save them from the imminent apocalypse. Notice the similarity between some other uh, ones that we have read. Both claim that comets are coming by. So they're looking in the sky for these signs. The rumor started when amateur astronomer Chuck Schrammack mistook a star for what he thought was a Saturn-like object following the comet with the help of the internet and an Art Bell show. The false rumor that a UFO or asteroid was trailing the comet spread like wildfire. And we got a bunch of dead people in San Diego as a result. Photon belt comes up. Kenneth Hagen, Pentecostal preacher, the rapture was going to happen in October 1997. Um, jump down to the final rapture by Donald B. Ordson in his book, The Holy Bible, The Final Testament. What is the significance of 666? Take your supercomputers, you scientists, and feed the number 666 into them. The output will be proof. God gives that 1998 is the year Jesus will take the faithful with him. So he challenged scientists to take their supercomputers, put 666 into them somehow, and that God would prove that he was coming back. Uh, in the ominous portents of the Parousa of Christ, Henry R. Hall predicts the world will end in 1998 because, among other reasons, 666, 666, and 666 adds up to 1998. Um... The solar cult temple, uh, they thought it was. I'm going to try to just find the Christian ones here. Hindus got into the game in 1998, and a bunch of Hindus actually killed themselves uh, when they believed that the end was coming. Um, in 1998, March, Hong Min Chen, leader of the Taiwanese God Salvation Church, the True Way, claimed that the earth uh, would be visited by a flying saucer at 10 a.m. on that date. And he chose to make his basis for his television channel, Channel 18, in Garland, Texas, because Garland, to a Chinese man, sounds like God's land. And so he chose to make his church there. That's why we picked Murray, Utah, because it sounds like, hurry, get this damn show over with. <laughs> Uh, in 98, a, uh, this person named Aggie in her book, The End of the Age, proclaimed, I expect the rapture on Pentecost, rapture one, Pentecost two, on the Feast of Trumpets. Jumping down to 1998, the Church of Subgenius designed this day as X Day. This is, they created a God named Bob, and Bob started giving predictions, which were all mockery of the Christian faith. And Bob said that that day was going to come then in 1998. Uh, concerned Christians, Dar uh, Denver charismatic cult convinced the apocalypse would occur in October of 98. And Denver would be destroyed first. The cult members mysteriously disappeared afterwards, but later resurfaced in Israel where they were deported on suspicious of planning a terrorist attack. Um, 
Ron Reese wrote, there's overwhelming evidence the tribulation was coming. Linda Newkirk of Prophecies wrote, the U.S. will be invaded by China in 98. Jump down the height of the Antichrist power when a terrible holocaust would occur as foreseen by Gene Dixon in the call to glory, Dixon wrote, as the Russian armies begin to move on the Middle East about 1999, Russian MIRVs and FOBSs will rain down nuclear holocaust upon the coastal cities, both west and east. Dixon also claimed the Antichrist was born on February 5th, 1962. Doing a database search for that date, Jennifer Jason Lee, the actress, was born on that day. I always liked her. Uh, a pole shift will cause things to end, according to Ed Edgar Case. And Hal Lindsey predicted on his TV show in March of 1999, international intelligence briefing that Russia would invade Israel within 18 months. A lot of these come out uh, from people who are in radio and television because it gets people to listen and watch, uh, unlike this program uh, tonight. <laughs> I'm going to jump down. I'm going to jump down to um, uh, 2000. Oh, on September 9th, 1999, 9999, some Y2K paranoias thought the computers would crash. That would be the end of the world. Uh, by the way, September 11th of 1999 was a huge day. Lots of prophecies coming in according to Bible codes. And Rosh Hashanah uh, 5760 is the date of the rapture. Uh, these, all these codes coming together. It was a big day uh, in September of 1999. Using over-imaginative numerology and unorthodox scriptural interpretation to arrive at his conclusions, Jason uh, Hummel predicted that the end would be in 99. Jack Van Impe said the rapture and second coming would happen in October of 99, a television guy. Uh, December 1999, Monte Kim Miller of the cult Concerned Christians in Nevada claimed that he would die in the streets of Jerusalem during a violent confrontation and be resurrected three days later. There's no record on whether that happened. Um, and then let's jump to 2000. Uh, I'm going to end it here because... I'm sick to death of this. Uh, and maybe next week I'll hit the highlights of 2000. There's something about three zeros being in there that just makes this a favorite for doomsday uh, prophets. Uh, Hal Lu uh, Lindsay, just to start it off, one book of baloney after another that have sold and been read and sold in 1988 when it prediction failed, he suggests at the end of his recently published book, Planet Earth 2000, uh, not a recently published, but back then it was, uh, he says, could I be wrong at the end of it? He says, of course. The rapture may not uh, occur between now and the year 2000, he writes. But, you know, uh, it's about book selling. It's about getting ratings. It's about keeping people in the seats. It's about keeping people on the edge and, uh, and worried and giving them a cause, an empty cause. So far, the only out of all those, and I have probably another uh, 20 pages of these to go. Um, of all these phony baloney, hyped up, zealously driven, manically produced psycho Bible interpretations and prediction, the only one that was true, the fourth one. The fourth one. It's that simple. 
In the first century, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, to his disciples, There be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. That's the truth. That's what the Bible says. And so if we are to take his words reasonably, not to believe that those people have lived for thousands of years, but those people who had human lives, if we take it reasonably, that's what it meant. When we can get on the solid ground to just be reasonable with our neighbors and reasonable with each other about the Bible and love it and search it and teach it, we're going to have much greater success than, than this junk. We'll wrap it up now. Thanks for hanging with us. We'll see you next week here on Heart of the Matter. I'm on a ride Going nowhere I am an existential am an existential cowboy On the wind And I won't become This man's awake, a storm's arising, the dawn's awaiting till a hundred monkeys know. And I can feel the light.